That's public. for OnlyFans subscribers only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to go in that realm. Uh, we're not. We're not. We're not doing that. I, I want to <laughs> do an OnlyFans account, but it's like, I it's like literal. It's like. Big Daddy laying some pipe, and he's like doing plumbing work, <laughs> <laughs> and make people subscribe because I feel like people would actually subscribe because it's hilarious. Folks, welcome back to the Deck of Many Friends podcast. This is Sully, your DM. And last time on the Deck of Many Friends, the party found themselves in Thali Bumblesel's laboratory, where they met Garble, the pocket goblin. Thali tells the party that he needs at least a day to prepare the ship uh, for their venture to Heretic's Respite. Uh, so he sends them off to the grinding gear, where... Uh, Garble shows them their way, uh, gives them a bit of information, and then takes back off towards Dolby's uh, laboratory. Tag decides that he's headed for bed and then not, and heads off to the seediest bar that he can find. Uh, Koshu, Bitsy, and Revol all make their way to the archives of uh, Deer. Meanwhile, Citra, uh rests in her room with a well-deserved alcoholic beverage. When Raval, Bitsy, and Koshu arrive at the archives, they're greeted by a eerie omnipresent voice, omnirectional voice, that says, Welcome to the archives. And that's where we left off. Let's tell a story. Hey, everyone. Mrs. Soundlord here, and Mr. Soundlord is begging me to remind you all about iTunes. Even if you don't listen to the show through iTunes, it's still the best way to throw some bardic inspiration at us as we roll to continue expanding this amazing deck of friends with listeners like you. We read every single review you send our way, and each one we've read so far absolutely hits us in the feels. Okay, let's get back to that deep, luscious, not as good as my husband's voice, of Sully, your favorite DM. So when we left off, you were greeted with the sort of eerie robotic voice saying, Welcome to the archives. What do you do? Revol looks around for the source, for the source of it all. Uh, so you notice that, that there's no ceiling or anything like that either. There's, it, you can't see the top. Right. Yeah. So there's towering twenty foot bookshelves, and then this voice just comes from nowhere. Yeah, Revol kind of looks around. Uh, hello. Yes. What's your query? <laughs> cool. Uh, I, I look back at uh, Bitsy and Koshu for a second, and um, kind of confused. Uh, um. Where can I find the history of Balfaldir? The history of Balfaldir can be found on row three, aisle six. It will take approximately three minutes and two seconds to traverse the pathways. Would you like to go? Yes. Immediately underneath you, the plate (laughs) lifts and... Raval is taken and uh, sort of hoverboarded his way through <laughs> the, the bookshelves and uh, the the two of you just see him take off. It, it probably going 10-15 miles an hour. This thing is just hauls ass and, and takes off with him. Amazing. What do you two do? Uh, I don't know that... <laughs> He definitely didn't know that was going to happen, Bitsy. <laughs> you think he's, uh... Should we follow him? Or should we just go find our own stuff? Well, I'm going to find my own... I have something else I want to look up. But 
If you were wanting to help him, or you could ask about the coins. Ah. Or the book. Yes, you're not here. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So then I'm going to speak up and say, where can I find information around the sacrifice of young gnomes? You get no response from where you're standing. Are there any books about sacrifice? Sacrificient. Is that a word? No, it is just, now! Sacrificient. <laughs> 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 uh, you still get no response from where you're standing. She's going to look at Koshu. You try. Um, I think you need to step up to the plate. The plate? And he like just puts a, ha- uh, a hand on your back and like lightly kind of moves you forward to where uh, Raval was standing before. Oh. As Bitsy takes the, the next step, you hear the click, and you hear, Welcome to the archives. Oh. Um. Where could I find books around the sacrifice of young notes? That query is not in my programming. Please try again. Rephrase. Sacrificial. Sacrificial? Did you mean sacrifice? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that big judgy, did you mean? <laughs> I love it. I think you meant. <laughs> oh. Sacrifice. Please narrow your query. No sacrifice. No sacrifice. I found three entries for gnome sacrifice. One, gnome sacrifice to Tarsus. Gnome sacrifice. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Hold on. To Ridioc. Pause. It's clicking. (laughs) Gnome sacrifice to Edis. Gnome sacrifice to Ridioc. Selected. It will take seven minutes and thirty-six seconds to transport you. She's gonna sit down cross-legged on the thing to get ready for the ride. Would you like to go? Yes. It lifts up and takes off throughout <laughs> the, the archives. She looks back and waves at Koshu. <laughs> uh Okay, Koshu steps up to the plate. <laughs> is it just like refilling from the bottom or something? Yeah, it just kind of like, like lifts back up. Nice. In, it's the, like a plate holder the, at a buffet. Yeah, I love it's like, it. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like that springy. Welcome to the archives. Please state your query. Haku Adoth. Haku Adoth. Searching. Searching. I found... The teeth. I found Haku Adoth. I found Wingdeer Monastery. I found the balance. Oh. Which would you like to research? Because she's like internally torn. <laughs> but he finds it super interesting that the same monastery that tag belongs to came up in his search for Haku Adath, so he's going that one. Um, <clears throat> Wingdeer Monastery. Wingdeer Monastery. Please refine your search. Wingdeer Monastery as it relates to Haku Adath. Searching. Found. Wingdeer Monastery. Haku Adath. Similarities. It will take 10 minutes and 7 seconds to transport you. Would you like to go? Yes. And it takes off. <laughs> the plate okay. rockets through yeah. the, the archives and you see the the bookshelves whooshing past you as you... It's almost unrecognizable and just a blur. Think of like the interstellar scene where he's like diving through time and everything. The bookshelf on the other end. Um, and that's when we shift over to tag. Actually, nope. 
we shift over to Stitcher. Stitcher, you are in your room, which the rest of you really haven't seen much of. Uh, this room is is bare at best. It has a, a desk with a candle lit on the in the center, like in an alcove. Uh, sort of like a twin-sized bed uh, in the center there on the opposite wall. And uh, a, a short uh, vertical dresser in the on the back wall. But other than that, in the door, there is no really no um, word. Furniture, accoutrements, <laughs> accoutrements, <laughs> <laughs> There's no amenities. That's the word I was looking for. No amenities other than the bed, the desk, and the dresser. Um, you lay there with your. Um, with your bottle because there's not even any glassware or anything like that provided uh, in your bed after Toshu has left with this dart um, and you're alone in the inn Tag has even left um, the bartender is sleeping behind the bar waiting for the next bell to ring what do you do? so this is the first time uh, Stitcher's been alone since she first read the book, really. I mean, she's always at least had Koshu with her. Um, and uh, she's taken off her pack and like, you know, like the physical relief of not carrying anything. And she's laid on her bed. She doesn't even get under the covers. And she's just like sipping from her bottle. And she's thinking about all of the things that have happened and all the things she's done. And she's she's like about to have a panic attack. She's kind of like... Oh, oh, holy shit. And she's just like laying there drinking and she's thinking about like, I've, I have to fix what I did. I mean, I can't, Bitsy's, Bitsy could end up like Koshu. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to get answers. She's thinking, I really want to go to this medical facility. You know, maybe they have answers. Um, And uh, she takes off her glove to look at her own hand which has similar markings to Bitsy, I'm guessing. So at this point, the, you take the glove off and uh, the Milky Way of the spot has not changed since you resurrected Bit- or um, preserved Bitsy. Um, nothing has, has, has grown, but you, you're able to notice now uh, the sort of intricate uh, swirls that... that curl into and around your fingers and slightly down uh, onto the underside of your wrist. Um, it seems almost alive. This kind of, as you move your hand, the, the swirls seem to change a bit and adjust themselves to maintain the same shape. She takes a big swig. <laughs> <laughs> she's she starts like touching the specific areas and seeing like does it f- can I f- still feel there? So there's definitely feeling left in in the the skin. It doesn't have much effect other than when you kind of push on it, it itches a bit. Um, but no like major detriment to or pain or lack thereof. Okay, so um. She's like pushing on it and feeling her hand and like looking at her wrist and like she pulls her like sleeve up and she's like looking at it and it's itching and she like feels kind of like an itching in her head and she she like looks at her backpack where she knows the book is and she takes another big drink and she crosses over and she the book she takes the book out it's still wrapped up and she's like she knows she shouldn't open it but she kind of really wants to open it and she sets it on her bed. The book lays there on the bed still wrapped in its pale binding. She looks at the book and like having, having investigated previously, she knows it's made of something skin, not of a person or an animal or, but it's having enough experience working with people's skin, I guess. She knows that it's skin of something and she just she starts to feel very scared, like 
the walls are closing in and she's she's kind of having a hard time getting a good breath and she takes another drink of her bottle and she um have you ever listened in the night when you wake up and you're sure someone's in your house have you ever listened so hard that you can hear it and you know that they're there but you're not sure if it's an actual sound so she's like listening and she hears she thinks she hears the whispers she heard before maybe she does but she's not sure and um she, she, she touches the cover of the book and she goes to lift the page and then she's she kind of like thumbs the, the pages feeling the individual pages and like I could find the answers here I could I could fix it and like she looks uh, at her bottle and it's already halfway gone and she's I need and she says out loud she says out loud to herself I need to get drunk with someone not alone and she takes her bottle and she thinks to herself I know someone who get me drunk and she goes downstairs to find the barkeep <laughs> the book lies there half open and you walk down the stairs and she's like uh, ringing uh, the bell ding 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 uh, uh, two, two rings last so takes. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. I've had a bit to drink. Uh, where'd the tall one go? Um, the tall one with the hat. Uh, that it's got a great mustache. Where'd that guy go? Uh, second level. I was looking for some CD bar or something. Uh, how did I get to the second level? On the elevator. All right. Um, sorry, I rang the bell too many times, and she kind of. Sways out the door. The Godfellas. That's the miner's level. And she kind of just... <laughs> and she just walks off. <laughs> she closes the door and walks out into the main thoroughfare where uh, the the glass uh, elevator is easily seen from as soon as you exit out of the, the little alleyway where the, the grinding gear is. Uh, you, you can turn to the left and see that that elevator there um and tag has uh kind of wobbled his way over to the entrance of it and you see him at the entrance of this the glass elevator she takes another big drink of her bottle and it's probably like i don't know one fourth full at this point and she just like stands next to him and crosses her arms and doesn't say anything tag uh Looks over at her. Just and she's like, her. she's like, definitely swaying at this point. And he just kind of uh, makes like a huh face to himself and uh, waits for the elevator. Uh, and you stand there in front of the, the elevator and the doors shift open and a few gnomes kind of pour out and, and make their way uh, in whatever direction they're heading. Uh, and the elevator is empty in front of you. I step in. And I follow. Both of you go ahead and roll me a dex check as the uh, doors close. I feel like I should get disadvantage on this one. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, I have the app. Let me just do 19. Yeah. 19? Yeah. Finally did something dexterous. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and give me disadvantage roll on that. Okay, Stitcher. one second. Yes. Oh, well, my first roll was a nat one. <laughs> so I don't know. It doesn't get much worse than that. <laughs> Welcome to the digital dice roller. <laughs> and my second one was a nat one. <laughs> oh, my God. I have a three total of both times. <laughs> get them get out of the way now. <laughs> All right. Um, so as you step in, there's no like apparent like elevator button that you can push two on to get down. Uh and tag you step forward and before the elevator even shifts stitcher face plants into the into the the floor um i hiccup loudly and then fall over and the the glass bottle that she had shatters underneath her and the entire glass elevator is now filled with broken uh wine bottle and uh you look down at her and she is an absolute mess. Well, it looks like no matter what happens, I'm always the one babysitting. Um, 
And he... Uh, I'll babysit you, she <laughs> says from the ground. <laughs> he reaches down and uh, kind of like grabs her by the arm to like pull her up while like also like kicking the glass shards off to like a corner. And uh, as you kind of pull her up, you notice that on the ground there are a a few like lifted um, tiles, I guess, uh, small tiles that um, all have odd runes on them. Uh, nothing that either of you can decipher, uh, especially Stitcher. And her <laughs> I was like, pretty sure I can't current, read right yeah, now. Current stupor. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? There's um, uh, about 20 of them. Lined are up they in them. like an order at all? Uh, not being able to read them, you're probably unable to tell whether or not. I mean, I mean they're, they're they're lined up. Yes, they're lined up. All right, yes. so I'll, I'll just pick the one that's the second from the the bottom. Okay, and that, that uh, would kind of be like if those were levels. You would as- assume that's the two, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, do you kind of tap your foot against it, and immediately the door shut, and you feel the. Um, the inertia of the, the, the elevator just uh, yank you down and you are able to hold yourself upright, but Stitcher kind of like hangs and like almost flies up a bit as as you descend, uh, but, but you're able to kind of keep her uh, grounded uh, without hitting the top of the glass elevator. Um, and it descends and within seconds you see the door open and beyond you the hallway seems exactly the same except the average height has exponentially grown to about five and a half to six feet so the average human uh all kind of dirtied and um not really just that that hardcore blue collar worker look like there's some cold and soot um covering their faces and things like that and uh but they're all milling about and uh a few of them you can tell are have are exiting their their job for the day and are making their way through the the cities um no obvious direction to any of them though um is there like uh well taggle step out of the elevator and kind of like pull stitcher with him um, and he's looking around for anything that yeah. looks like it might be a uh, a drinking establishment. So, go ahead and give me a perception check for that. Oh, nat 20. Ooh. On shit that doesn't matter. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely going to find something. <laughs> that matters. It's not a one. Yeah. Uh, as you kind of haul your, your friend... Uh, out of the the elevator immediately on the right of uh, the elevator there is uh, you can hear the loud cheers and um, screams and and laughs and everything coming from an open wooden door Uh, but this is set like immediately into the wall of the the stone with almost no gap between it and the the uh, the elevator door cool i'm gonna uh taggle walk over to the door still kind of like holding on to stitcher to make sure like she's walking straight yeah and like the whole time in the elevator um stitcher was like talking to herself like i know you have i know you have more and she's like looking in his clothes like trying to find his flask (laughs) (laughs) i know you have more left that at the room (laughs) probably a good thing so, uh, Tag, as you, you enter the doorway and kind of poke your head through, uh, you notice a, a sort of U-shaped bar uh, almost right there at the entrance and shoved to the back of the room, which is this large, open, almost um, cavern shape. It's a dome shape, with, um, but it's not laser precise like the the hallways and everything that are, that are upstairs uh, it seems much more rough and almost hand uh, chiseled into uh, into its shape and in that back side of the room is a ring uh, where uh, you see two guys 
both bloodied and uh, beaten oh. and, and yeah. bruised, uh, <laughs> exchanging blows back and forth as uh, a crowd surrounds them, cheering, and uh, you see uh, a few patrons lifting um, coins up in the air uh, and tossing them into the ring uh, with their bets. What do you do? Um, so Tag's gonna, he sees the, what looks to him like a fighting pit in the back and, uh, doesn't seem that interested in it. Um, at least initially. Boo. And, and, uh, <laughs> look, I came out here for a purpose. All right. And so he, uh, fight, he, fight, fight. he'll go and, uh, belly up to the bar and, uh, look over at the bartender and be like, um, can I get a drink for me and something to eat for her? I don't want anything to eat. I want another drink. <laughs> hey, uh, what what can we what what can we get for you? Um, anything that is uh, brown and strong. Yeah, brown and strong. Got it. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Uh, and he he scurries behind the bar and pulls out some uh like cracked bottle of of some sort of swill and slides it across the table. I've been trying to get rid of that one for a little bit and you can have it for free. <laughs> uh, and and food for the last? No! Yeah, just a li- little nibbles, a little snack. Mm. You uh, like tiny uh, food, right? And he looks over <laughs> at her. And he's like, you're a little snack. <laughs> all, all we got is potatoes. Uh, that'll be fine. Do you have small ones? Uh, new potatoes or golden brown ones or whichever kind of potatoes you want. <laughs> Stitcher is like trying to be sneaky and reach around to grab the bottle. She's like, yeah, Tag. potatoes are so good. Tag just kind of like swats her off and like opens up the <laughs> bottle and uh, takes a takes a swig. And she like, oh. <laughs> she looks at him taking a swig and she's like, you're not my real dad. She's all mad. <laughs> oh, She's looking a bit thirsty, though. So, uh, here, have, uh, this is the best drink we've got. And then he slides a glass of something clear over to, to Stitcher. Um, mm. let her have it. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, she's making her own choices tonight. And she picks up the glass and she smells it. What does it smell like? It has no smell. And she just throws her head back and drinks the whole thing in once. Mmm, it's tasty water. <laughs> <laughs> she's too drunk and she's like, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe some like little bits of dirt and soot in there, but you know, for the most part, clear water. It's minerals. Minerals. It's good. It's good for you. Oh, well, uh, uh, never seen you back here before. Are you new to the mines? Um, you could say that, yes. Oh, well, you know, if you're looking for a good position... There's a. Uh, they're always fighting for the top seat. Always use you look. You look like a fit lad, so uh, you know. Here's the fittest. You should see him kick. <laughs> you should see him kick. He kicked a dragon in his head. I love it. She's gonna get him into a fight in a bar. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Wait, kicked a dragon in the head? He punched him in his head and he passed out. Is true, but uh, I did. Wait, you knocked out a dragon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Tag's lads, just like... Lads, over here, over here. We've got a dragon puncher on our hands. Uh, come, Jesus come, Christ. come. Tag's just like... He turns over to, to Stitcher and like under his breath, kind of like chastisingly is like, I came to get a drink, not get punched in the head. Well, then I guess dodge better and don't get punched <laughs> in the head. I know you can do it. Oh, wait, what kind of dragon was it? It was... Uh, and another guy pops up. No, not that one. He's too small. No, no way. He punched one in the head. No, no, no. That's what Lass told me. She told me. He punched one in the head and it knocked it right clear out. Yeah. And yeah. she just has a big smile on her face and she's just like standing with her hands on her hips and she's <laughs> looking at Tag like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. <gasps> well, lad, are you up for it? Could be some coin. 
Look at him. Look at him. The, 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 that one's probably smaller than you are, and he, he's he's doing good and getting some getting some coin of his own. And if he wins, he'll he'll be high seat in that that mine. Not not having to do the dirty jobs. I imagine you're not one for dirty jobs. Looking a bit too pristine with that mustache there. Thank you for noticing my grooming habits, but I don't exactly do that for sport. Well, that's a sad thing. Sad thing. Ah, oh, lads, we've got a pansy on our hands. <laughs> a pansy. <laughs> Stitcher's like, oh. <laughs> Tag just takes another swill from the bottle and he goes, and actually, not only did I punch the dragon, <laughs> but I also broke its jaw and it was green. He says, kind of like being like, if this story is going to get out there, I'm going to set it straight kind of thing. <laughs> Oh, green dragony. Ah, ah, I, f- I heard those were the small ones. <laughs> ah, I, I figured Tim over there. Tim, he just talks so much about himself all the time. Uh, he's, uh, he's, a uh, he, he, I'm, I'm sure he could punch a red dragon in the head and break its jaw. Not only its jaw, but its tail in the mix. You couldn't take Tim. I knew it. Probably not. And he like he looks over to look at uh, Tim, I guess, to kind of Tim, size him up. Tim is uh, standing in the ring now, taking the praise of all of the uh, the surrounding crowd and everything. And people are throwing coins at him from the from the the stands and everything. And uh, as you turn back to the bartender, you hear boots stepping into the bar. With a weird sloshing noise. And above the crowd's head, you see a face. Modeled in white. Oh, yeah, 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 Tim. He's he's not... He's he's reigning champion here. Yeah, yeah. Reigning champion. Tag completely ignores whatever the hell he's saying, the bartender, and... uh, looks back over at the the guy in the white trying to get a better the guy with the white face trying to get a better view of him as you look back to the guy you see as the crowd shifts he turns and he's wearing a tricorn cap just like you and oh. his his hair seems to be matted in places and then as the next face crosses over and blocks his view you can no longer see him. Is the face familiar? The face is almost like staring into a memory. Tag uh, stands up and puts his hand on Stitcher, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't take his eyes off of the last place that he saw that guy, and he uh, just says, "Stay here," and starts like pushing in through the crowd to try and like follow him. Again, drunk, he's just like, "Not my real dad." <laughs> but I will stay here, cause the floor is it's just really bumpy. I I'll keep an eye on her, but I'll keep an eye on you. <laughs> Tag as you you make your way through the crowd. Uh, it's not that far from the entrance where this figure was, and you you sort of push your way through, kind of like forcing people over to the side, and as you get to the point where you saw this man turn and walk away all you see on the ground is a puddle so creepy so tag um stares down at the puddle and it's like he, do- he doesn't want to take his eyes off of it um and while he's he's staring at it he's kind of like piecing together like the the memory I guess that uh that this guy seems to be from and uh he looks back away from the puddle for a second, back into the ring, and uh, his hands drop into his, the one of the pockets of his like great coat, and he pulls out a little bundle of uh, cloth, and uh, it's like a really long, thin strip, and it's kind of got like blood spatters, like stained brown, and it's kind of like ripped and torn up a little bit, and uh, as he looks back to the the puddle, he just kind of stares at it, and he starts to like wrap his hands going like around the um around his knuckles and then in between each finger like real carefully and he uh he only looks down every once in a while 
just to to make sure he's still rapping correctly. But the whole time he's just staring at the puddle. And then um, he walks back over. He like leaves it, but he, he doesn't want to. He doesn't like want to look away. Um, but eventually leaves and he walks back over um, towards the ring. And as he's getting to the ring, he um, he grabs the bottle off of the bar as he passes by it. And he takes a big swig out of it, like bubbles it just like glop, 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 glop. And then like pats it down at the bar. And then under his breath, he just kind of says like, let's remember to forget. And then he pulls his, he lets his coat fall off. <laughs> and uh, awesome. the when once the coat falls back, you can kind of see like his entire body is just riddled with tattoos. And they're all from like completely different, cultures and they they kind of like swim together in like the flow but they're all a uh, very like unique style um and he's got like uh, a large sea serpent that's got like a flat uh flat head that looks like it's metal that's uh circled around on his back that's biting its own tail in the middle of that there's like uh like a vegasvir which is like the like the north's uh compass and it's got little runes and like Elder Futhark all around it. Uh, one entire arm has like a like a Polynesian style tattoo that extends down onto his chest. Um, that's got like waves and it looks like wood grain and it's super dark and really heavily stylized. And then on his other arm, he's got it looks almost like a net sleeve um, that has a trident on it. And the the trident looks kind of like. Um, it's heavily stylized to look like it's got a spear overlaid in the middle of it. Kind of like the main prong in the middle is actually just a spear. And then it's like fading out to be the two other prongs. And the, uh, the trident for anyone who's traveled, uh, has a very distinctive, uh, style of the, uh, the Utai. And, uh, he, uh, also has a, like a, really like gruff looking uh, skull on his uh, other chest that's not like covered up by the sleeve one that's like this misshapen underbitten uh, face and it's real like simplistic and like almost like tribal looking and it has uh, a big circle around it and the the underbitten jaws have these like, huge teeth that come out from the bottom and it's kind of like uh, like an orc head and uh, one of the eyes has a little X through it. And that's kind of like the um, the sort of pseudo-deity that the, the orcs are into. Um, and uh, he leans back and tips his head back to let the, uh, the hat fall off. And he walks towards the ring. And that's where we're going to cut back to the archives. <laughs> that was the coolest word picture ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a tease, man. <laughs> I actually thought you weren't going to fight. <laughs> Raval, you stand on your plate uh, in front of uh, a large volume, clearly labeled, that shifts out of the out of the bookshelf uh, automatically, and onto a, another plate that, that extends from the bookshelf and then turns and lays flat and opens to the first page for you. And on the title, it says, History of Ballfall Deer. What do you do? Um, I'm going to start skimming. Uh, I'm going to skim the book. I'd imagine it's pretty dense. So I'm going to start skimming the book and jotting down notes. Um, pull out my notebook, you know, and start jotting down notes. Like I'm taking notes on all this so I can... You know, just obtain it, absorb as much information as possible and record it so I can reference it later or like reread through it to actually understand what it is and stuff. Okay. Um, is there anything particular that you want to know about the history of Ballfall Deer? I think I want to know specifically, like, given that I have a rough idea of how it started, you know, with all these gnomes and stuff kind of all migrating here, sort of. I kind of want to understand that story a little bit and then try to understand the, like, the political musings of the city you know like understand what's going what who's in charge and what's what the city's here for and why it's it's thriving because apparently you know with it being a city that never sleeps it's thriving so i want to figure out why it's thriving or what's so important here aside from you know just the technology that's here 
Um, and then uh, there's something else I want to look up that's not this related to Ballfield here, but okay. Uh, go ahead and roll me an investigation check to see if you can glean all of that information from the book. Investigation eight. Uh, so you get the the basic uh, history. Uh, it it seems like whatever gnome wrote this book in common uh, didn't do a great job of translating it. Uh, so you get bits and pieces of information about the origin of the uh, of the city of a a group of five gnomes from a. Um, a scar in the world uh, where they emerged came to this um, this kind of uh, like cul-de-sac of this uh, this mountain range uh, and started uh, mining into it and uh, with no one else around these five gnomes started uh, building tunnels and creating uh, new ways of of building their homes and everything else within the rock. Um, and eventually, uh, pages and pages later, as it gets incredibly in-depth and there's a lot of, like, uh, gnome English or gnome common, right? Like these mixture of words uh, describing uh, a few little cultural things here and there uh, that uh, despite uh, their innovation and everything that the gods never seemed to show up and help them while uh, the rest of the world seemed to get all of this attention. Um, mm. And it goes on to explain that Balfaldir means fall of the devil. Hmm. But that's the... Cool. That's and all you can really g- get out of uh, the what you read. Yeah. Um, was there anything I could get out about the political structure of Balfaldir? Um, it seems to be more of a meritocracy than anything else. Essentially, any um, entrepreneurial um, way of, of, of progressing ends up getting you more clout and then leadership and say over what happens in the city. But there seems to be no actual political structure. It's more of an anarchy with a, a bit of... Um, merit driving who gets to kind of lead the way. Yeah. It doesn't have any record of who's currently that the kind of head on show there though. Interesting. Cool. Um, so then I guess Raval will, will, will sort of when he can get out of what he can get out of the book and you know a few minutes he'll uh, he'll just shut the book and place it back on the plate or you know put it on the plate in like a neat way Immediately, then, the bo- as soon as you close the, the the cover of the book, it slides back into place into the bookshelf, and the voice comes back over the intercom, and you hear, "Are you done with history of Bolfaldir?" Yes. What is your next query, or may I bring you to the exit? Um, Raval will think for a second, and then, um, what is your query? Nerium. Nerium. Searching, searching, false goddess of the Underdark. Is this what you're searching for? Yes. It will take seven minutes and 42 seconds to travel to false goddess of near. <laughs> Raval kind of tenses up to brace himself. Would you like to go? Yes. And it shoots off. <laughs> Whoa! (laughs) Bitsy, Mm -hmm. you have now arrived at the... It it looks exactly the same as any of the other bookshelves that you approached before. And out slides somewhat of a a scroll that um, unrolls itself onto the plate. And on it are little scribblings of names and uh, it's a list and then something written in what you recognize as druidic something you didn't uh, uh, master while under the um, under the 
tutelage of the the seeds of Rudiak, but you can get a few. Um, I, it says under my language that I know Druidic. Ooh. Okay then. Well, uh, you do know what it says. Um, <laughs> go ahead Just and roll kidding. me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should have known that being a druid. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so through the list of names, which is scrawled in a, a an, an odd type, uh, you can still uh, see that they are names. Go and roll me an investigation check. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> 20 non-natural. My Man. name is highlighted. <laughs> As you kind of uh, finger your way down the, the list of, of names before the large writ at the bottom, you notice the name Lily Hackwaller. No way I'm a Hackwaller. <laughs> <laughs> that name's super lame. <laughs> but it's the is only Lily on the here? list. Hackwaller. Is there a, a bitsy Hackwaller? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know her. <laughs> Don't know her. <laughs> um, so when I see that with my 20 insight check, does anything come back? Like, does that name look familiar at all? We'll resolve that after you read the bottom. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Scroll into the bottom. <laughs> so as you, you, you notice, the only lily that you can find is that lily hackwaller on the list. And at the bottom where the uh, sort of edict is written... Um, it states that in Druidic that um, a, a sacrifice of uh, all races must be made to all of the gods to maintain the, um, I guess, autonomy of Balfaldir. Uh, they required that five of each race be sent to each god, uh, this being the list sent to Ridioc as a sacrifice so that Ridioc would stay out of Bolfaldir. Mm. But it doesn't say whether it's like they kill them and like they, they're, they know they're going to die or. It is literally, it says sacrifice and that's all. It doesn't say blood sacrifice. It doesn't say death sacrifice. It doesn't say anything like that. It just says sacrifice. It just says sacrifice. So I'm going to scroll back up to where my name was. And what were the names around mine? So above your name is the name Jimma Sootfire. And just below it is Kawap Texbrock. Um, are either of those ringing a bell? Roll me a history check. 18. Ooh. I, I freaking love these dice. <laughs> All right. Um, so the names Gemma and Kalwa both have a, a kind of a slight trigger in your head that in uh, a memory kind of reaches back into your brain and and you remember being lined up outside the tower of Balfaldir. The two other gnome children standing behind you, or beside you, tears streaming down their face, and a lone wood elf standing in front of you. But the face is just too blurry to remember. And that's what you remember. Is there any other markings or, or any other words explaining like how people are picked? No, it, it literally is just the list of the five names and then the um, the writ at the bottom and okay. the label sacrifice to Ridioc. Okay. I guess I'll close it. So it sort of automatically rolls back up on its own and then slides back into place. Are you done with sacrifice to Ridioc? Yes. What is your next query, or can I return you to the exit? Hackwaller. Hackwaller. Searching. Searching. Figaro Hackwaller. Is this what you're searching for? Oh, what? I 
Yes. There are no books or records with Figaro Hackwaller. He is beardly listed as a resident of Balfaldir. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, oh. Too that could soon. be my papa. Hashtag too soon. Um, is that all you would like to know? Are there any books on family origins? Family origins searching. You need to be more specific. Family origins of what? Hackwaller, family origins, searching. Hackwaller, family origins. Hackwaller was one of the original founders of Balfaldir. The line ended with Lily Hackwaller when she was sacrificed to Ridiuk. Would you like to know more? Are there any living Hackwallers? The only Hackwaller known to be alive today is Figaro Hackwaller. That's disappointing. Maybe uh, Figaro is just a really common name. <laughs> it's like John. Yeah, it's the John of the gnome world. <laughs> Address for Figaro? Figaro was known under the employ of Dolly Bumwhistle. Uh, <laughs> gnome sacrifice of Tursus. Gnome sacrifice to Tursus. Would you like to go? Yes. And it zooms off. Koshu. Yeah. (laughs) You slide up to the bookshelf where a sort of cobbled together roll of papers um, slides out out of the bookshelf and lays flat. And written on the front page is it says theory of relations winged deer monastery haku adoth what do you do oh definitely pick it up all right go and roll my investigation oh yeah oh god plus zero (laughs) (laughs) 18 (laughs) what languages do you speak I speak common, elvish, and primordial. Nope, that's not true. Wait, I'm using the wrong character. <laughs> I was looking at something else. Okay, pretty, pretty sure those was Rangi's languages. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> that's how I knew. I was like, <laughs> waterborne. Wait a minute. Okay, um, investigation is actually a plus two. 20. Don't roll me again. No, roll again. I did roll again on the new and character. It- on, re- on Koshu. Got a Man. That's <laughs> broken. The languages... Pay to win, baby! <laughs> the languages that I have are common Elvish and Thieves Camp. So, written in Elvish. So, lucky there. Um, you flip the page over, and it's, it's sort of a, a scrawling of notes more than a, um, like, document. It's, um, it seems to be hacked together. Um... And it has a, uh, a a drawing of an island and Winged Deer Monastery written on that, and um, the docks of um, Hedrick's Point with uh, a line drawn to them uh, and a, a a drawn between them. Sorry, uh, and a an X in a the map uh, just above Hedrick's Point where there's a sort of foresty area. Um, This, you know, as where you and your brother Komu were trained. Same island. The island is not... uh, So the island is is off to uh, the left in the... um, on the map and then Hedrick's Point is there like a little peninsula on the map and then Mm -hmm. north of Hedrick's Point is a foresty area that has the X on it there Mm -hmm. where uh, you you guys were known as somewhat of a home base okay okay and then as you kind of scroll through the notes a little bit uh, the, the first page is mostly that map and 
then it, it's sort of like this word association uh, or what is it free writing uh, type of uh, scratch together notes uh, and uh, circled in the center is the balance and then on the next page there is somewhat of a uh, I guess it's like a uh, almost like a family tree right like how um, the the associations of, of persons together are mm-hmm. there um, you have a, a list of known Haku Adoth assassins uh, over on the left um, they're family members uh, known family members tied together on uh, the right and the uh, Wingder monks um, and dates written alongside those where uh, the fathers or mothers of known assassins were to were have known to have joined the monastery. Wow. That's a holy shit. That's a lot of information. That's dope. <clears throat> All right. Uh, do I recognize any of the names? Do you recognize your own and Komu's uh, names on the list of known assassins? Oh, shit. And Tag is their daddy. <laughs> do, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do I see any Tag? Tag Leomalchian is not on the list. Okay. Do I recognize any winged deer? Nope. Wow. Okay. Hmm. That's the extent of the notes and everything that are written in this kind of like packet of papers. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Um, are you done with the Winged Deer Monastery Haku Adoth Associations? Yes. Rolls up and slides back into the, the bookshelf. What is your next query? I am interested in spell books made by Tersus. Spellbooks made by Tersus. I'm sorry, I have no records of spellbooks made by Tersus. Death packs for Tersus. Death packs for Tersus. Searching. Searching. Did you mean sacrifices to Tersus? Uh, yes. It will take 17 minutes to travel to sacrifices of Tersus. Would you like to go? Yes. And you shoot off. And we port back to the entrance of the bar where Tag and Stitcher were. (laughs) (laughs) Stitcher is being dragged unconscious out of the, the bar. And Tag is walking out with a puffy eye, a heavy purse, and his hand wraps sort of tattered and torn a bit more as he kind of fireman carries a stitcher back to the elevator. He taps his foot on the elevator floor and with the the most like fortitude ever stands straight the whole entire way up and you see him enter the grinding gear with Stitcher on his back takes her up to her room Tag what do you do? Tag um, once in her room kind of like lays her down on the bed and sees the the book laying there and just kind of uh, very carefully without actually touching the book itself uh, rewraps it up and puts it on her desk away from her and then um, covers up Stitcher and just pats her on the head and says, Nye-nye. And, uh... You're a nice man! You're not a bad person, even though you pretend to be. And then she kind of just, like, snuggles into her pillow. Tag just looks at her and is like, sure. And then, uh, leaves her Hey, your your tattoos are sexy. (laughs) <laughs> she like pulls the covers over her head. He uh, he just walks out of her room and shuts the door and goes into his. You walk in and the rooms are identical and you feel the, the, the kind of throbbing pain of your eye 
and sit down on your bed and you get a flash memory of the face you saw between the heads of the crowd another man wearing that same tricorn cap water dripping across his face barnacles sort of attached and suckled to uh, the side of his face and uh, a lone uh, tentacle that seems to have escaped the collar of his shirt a starfish on his shoulder and you hear in your head will you remember tag and that's where we're going to end today's episode (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs) 